You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. Welcome to the show. Hope you're surviving out there. Whatever bloody COVID-enforced lockdown might be happening in your part of the world, I think Canada's going under. Certainly India is. Uh, I've got a few listeners in Canada and India, so hope you just bloody get through it and that these bloody governments get on top of shit. Either way, you know how it is. Moving on, the interview subject that I have coming up for you is Igor Amadeus Cavalera. He's the fella at the centre of a new group called Go Ahead and Die, the debut album. It'll be out, self-titled album, I should say, too. It'll be out on the 11th of June via Nuclear Blast, 11th of June 2021, if you listen to this in the distant future. Yes, you heard that name correctly. He is the son of Max Cavalera, therefore the nephew of Igor Cavalera. Yeah, and we talk about that because I imagine he probably gets absolutely punished with people. Well, I thought he I thought he would get punished by people who just wanted to talk about Max and Igor and all this other stuff. A bit like my conversation with Griff Dickinson from Shapes, who of course is you don't know, I should say. He's the son of Bruce Dickinson. So that's some pretty cool banter to tune in and hear, but uh Igor's certainly done plenty enough based on the evidence on Go Ahead and Die to stand on his own two feet. So he should be regarded as such. So here he is, Igor Amadeus Cavalera. How's the, how's the calls and the, the interviews been going, though, for, for what you're doing here, mate? Because you've done a bloody good job here, by the way. But have you found that it's been, you know, has it been rewarding and interesting doing the media stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I really like it, especially with people who have done their homework. Um, you know, yes. I've, I've only had... I've only had one or two uh, where I could tell they were were winging it by the seat of their pants, you know. But uh, you know, no, it's actually been a lot of fun. I've gotten to talk a lot, uh, a lot about my ideas, my creative process, stuff like that. Um, so it's cool, you know. It's it's awesome that people want to talk to me. I'm stoked. <laughs> yeah, that that's a very good point because I've had a chat to Bruce Dickinson's son. He's in a band called Shapes. And of course, the obligatory, I had to ask, which are people focusing on the wrong thing, i.e. how many times does he get asked about Iron Maiden? So look, I might as well ask you that. How, how many times do you get asked about, about your father and Sepultura and Soulfly and all that great music he's produced? Are people focusing on the wrong thing during interviews? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily they focus on his bands, but they'll ask me a lot about, I guess you could say my relationship with him, mm. my you know, how we work together, things like that, which is cool, you know, but obviously I'd like to talk about my own creative stuff and my own processes and things like that, you know, but uh, like I said, you know, I've, I've been doing about five, six hours of this a day for the last like six weeks. So um, out of all of that, I've had one or two that I actually ended uh, a little like that was a little weird you know <laughs> yeah yeah i get it yeah well i mean i meant what i said i think what you, you've done here with go ahead and died it is standalone i mean I, I, it's a good thing that you can get someone like your father involved but i know you've written this stuff and it is it is just it's just a killer slab of grinding thrash that fans of early seps destruction napalm death and discharge should love now Thank I've you. mentioned I've mentioned those four <laughs> bands there, but is that how you feel about the music you've created? Is is that where the inspiration comes from as well? Definitely, yeah. No, it, it has a really heavy, uh, really heavy old school, old school influence. It's a mashup, which I really like. Uh, anything I work on, I like to take a couple of different things and and blend it together. Um, 
you know, so yeah, uh, go ahead and die. definitely takes like a little bit of that discharge, a little bit of that thrash, like destruction, sepultura, and a little bit of grindy, like napalm death terrorizer and, and just mashes it all up into, into a crazy sporadic, uh, you know, just frustrated, angry album. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I could definitely a lot of, a lot of what I call the white knuckle tension, a bit like what faith no more were doing. So yeah. <laughs> the album artwork though, it does paint a picture of uh, police brutality. So are you sending a bit of a message there with an image like that? Yeah, of course. I, I don't think it's any secret that there's, there's police brutality going on uh, in America as well as many other places in the world. Um, you know, I think it is a global issue. I think it's a, a human issue goes beyond skin color and beyond things like that. You know, it's, it's going on around the world in my opinion. And like I said before, I don't think it's a secret or anything like that. You know, I, I think it's something that should be talked about, referenced, brought to the surface, brought right up there for people to see um, just how in the late seventies and eighties, uh, lots of punk bands, lots of metal bands were, were talking about, uh, you know, political corruption and, and police, military being militarized and shit like that you know so it, it it definitely ties in with all of that um tying into the old school scene and then into the current events uh current crises that are that are going on you know we, we live in a really crazy time right now yeah yeah we, we do indeed so part of me thinks that it's always been pretty crazy it's just because of social media we're more aware of the madness now definitely yeah no i, I think there's i think there's more people like I said, bringing it to the surface, bringing it right up front for people to talk about it, people to see it, know what's going on, be informed. And I'm thankful for that. Mm. And the lyrical themes, they probably explore the same sort of issues, I imagine. Yeah, though we, we hit uh, everything from, from the pandemic itself to police brutality to uh, the, the ICE situation on the U.S.-Mexican border. Um, all the way to, to things like homelessness and nuclear war and, and things like that. I mean, we, we really go all over the place, but yeah, it's definitely like the, the album's rooted in, in social stuff and equality, tolerance, uh, issues like that. Hmm. How did you meet Zach? Was that, is that, did you know Zach beforehand? Because I've had a chat to a couple of the guys in, in Chemist before. Great band, by the way, and killer drummer. Was it, was it one of those things where you were thinking, I've got this music, it's a solid project, and I need a decent drummer for this stuff, but I, actually I want more than just a decent drummer. I want one of the best guys out there. Is that how the relationship with Zach came about? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely was something close to that. Um, he actually got recommended to us by Arthur Risk, who makes and mastered the record. Yep. Um, Arthur had done the Black Curse record, which is Zach's other band. Um, so yeah, it definitely was one of those things. Uh, we had the demos we had the the songs made with drum machine and you know whatever like really really sketchy outlines of them and yeah it was one of those things it was like we needed someone arthur recommended him we contacted him uh he's an awesome dude really cool guy uh really friendly approachable type dude and as you mentioned phenomenal drummer um the fact that he plays in chemist and black curse which are like two totally different bands um it it showed us that he's going to be able to play everything that we want and more you know so he did a great job and we were really happy to have him on board was it tempting to maybe re like to to reach out to zion and say <laughs> listen i know who you are mate you can drum pretty bloody well why don't you do this <laughs> uh it definitely it got brought up once but um we we kind of decided that with him already being in soulfly um that could be 
him, uh, you know, Zion and Max's thing, and then this will be Igor and Max's thing, you know, because um, in we're more into the extreme stuff. I will say Zion's not so much into the uh, extreme metal like grind and stuff like Is that. that. Right? He's, okay. Yeah, he's more into like groove and rhythm style drumming, uh, which is pretty pretty apparent in his style um but good drummer just totally different style you know <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah so what about um charles elliott from abysmal dawn he was the studio engineer so oh, look I, I imagine at this point in time like i've already alluded to you can pretty much pick whoever you'd like to work with and they know who you are it's certainly know who your father is so how did the relationship with charles come about uh, well, they knew, uh, like my dad knew him already through just working through Nuclear Blast. Um, Charles Charles works there as well as his plays with Abysmal Dawn. Um, so they already knew each other. And um, in all reality, we were really just looking for an engineer. We actually wanted Arthur to, to do the record, mix and master it. That was the original plan. But um, I think he was booked with Chromax or, or someone like that. I can't remember. Uh, but when he was booked, we were like, okay, let's just get somebody to engineer it. Um, you know, so, so Charles kind of came in and he, he just gave us the freedom to play what we wanted to, how we wanted to, and he would just be there to, to, to man the board. Cause me, we're both cavemen, you know, we know how to plug the guitar in. I know how to play it a little bit, but uh, beyond that, I, I don't know how to run Pro Tools and, and do all that stuff. So um, he came in and he did a lot of that stuff. And we kind of just told him what we were going for and what we wanted it to sound like. And uh, he did a good job. You know, he captured it. He uh, he went along with our, our crazy ideas and, and antics and stuff like that. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, once again, just one of those things. In the middle of the pandemic, it was hard to find people that wanted to do something or were safe to do something yeah. or were willing to a lot of people were on lockdown or couldn't fly or were busy doing something else um so it was another one of those things of it just it, it worked out in the moment so uh we went with it yeah it's it's actually got a great sound dude like the uh the guitars sound like they're punching you in the face which with your music <laughs> i think it needs to sound like that yeah, no, definitely. Thank you. We, we took a lot of time to make sure every last thing was how we wanted it to be. <laughs> so so you, you do come from an impeccable pedigree, and that's your mum included. She's obviously a very strong woman and, and, and helped your dad a lot. But in terms of inspiration for becoming a musician, it's too obvious to say you grew up in that environment. There's got to be a little bit more than that. So can you tell me about what inspired you to, to become a musician? Because I know it's not easy. I mean, you are standing on your own two feet here. So was it something where it was just within you when you went, fuck it, I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to give this thing a go. Yeah, it was, it was exactly like that. Um, I, I was always interested in it. I started playing at a young age. Um, I think when I was 15, I started making my first bands and uh, just jamming with like some kids in the neighborhood type stuff like that. Um, and, you know, I, I never knew if I was going to be able to do it professionally or, or if I was good enough or any of the the doubts or anxieties you can have as a young musician um because you're young and you you see all these successful bands and you feel like the world is against you and all this stuff um but i once i had a solid band and we played a couple of shows i knew that it was definitely something i wanted to pursue and and, and something that i wanted to do um so i did go all in on it and i, I just started playing as much as i could and, and listening as much as i could and um 
trying to educate myself on the business side of it as well. Um, you know, I, I admire both my parents in that sense of my dad does the music, my mom does the business. And yeah. I like to think that I'm learning both and I'll be the weird uh, conglomerate of both of them one day, you know, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, it is a, it, it was something that it was a struggle and it's hard. And um, no matter who my father is or, or what people can say or, or try to, try to use against me, you know, um, silver spoon type stuff, you know, yeah. uh, we went out there and worked and, and drove ourselves and set ourselves up and sold our own stuff and paid for our own stuff. And, and, you know, we, we do all of this ourselves. And even with go ahead and die, um, like you said, it's, it's getting labeled as Max's thing, but, you know, I actually had, uh, you know, the majority of the writing to, to do with it, you know? So, um, you know, it wasn't as natural as people would like to think or as easy as people like to think. Um, I was in a lot of different bands, um, different styles, had to find the right members, um, you know, went through ins and outs, losing friendships, things like that. You know, everything you go through to to eventually become successful. And uh, it took a long time. Uh, like I said, I started when I was 15. I'm, I'm about 26 now. Mm. Um, so I've been doing this for for over 10 years now. And I feel like I'm just starting to have professional bands that are that are making some waves and doing stuff um but it was it was a long climb and I, i've been working hard and, and getting better as a musician and practicing educating you know and uh refining my craft and it's it's been a long way but i'm happy to be here i imagine somebody in, in your position you've had to deal with some pretty strange people some frauds and hucksters who just want to be associated with the name so to speak You've, you've probably had to grow up quickly. I, I would imagine someone like yourself has had to grow up fairly fast, particularly being in a band, because I'm a musician as well. And a lot of musicians are fucking idiots. We both know that. They're just <laughs> so hard to be around. I mean, it, musicians are hard to be in a band with in general, yet alone be, be around. But has that, has that been the case? And do, do you feel as though you had to grow up quickly? Certainly. Um, you know, when you, when you take into account that I, I was about 16 already hitting the road and doing stuff. Um, mm. that's, that's not what a lot of 16 year olds are doing. Um, you know, you're out there on the interstates, you know, as a, as a teenager, like you're, you're going up to, to grown men promoters to get paid and get your money and yes. do stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I have, I have dealt with people who wanted to try and get close because of the name, try to gain clout, try to do stuff like that. And, yeah. uh, they, they realize we're, we're a no bullshit professional family that takes this shit very seriously. And, uh, yeah, you know, there, there might've been a couple of years where maybe I was like uh, a little more frivolous, you know, partying, being crazy, doing stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, you know, by the time I was 16, I, I was handling my own stuff and making my own merch and, and contacting like record labels and trying to get signed and, and, mm. and doing all this stuff myself. Um, you know, but it, it is tough. You know, it, it's hard to to find people that are good to jam with and to find people that are going to help you grow as a musician and, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. It's really easy to get stuck with people who are just there for the good times or um, just there to party, just there to, to gain something. Yeah. Um, and now I feel like I'm finally in some bands where I'm with people who love music, appreciate music and uh, live and breathe and, and will die for it just like I will you know yeah definitely definitely when, when you're writing the material in go ahead and die 
is this is this a culmination of the 10 years that you're talking about is, you know you know the, the old saying about you you spend your entire life writing your debut album but if you got new material i imagine you got plenty of new material in the vault so to speak for the next album so is that the case as well yeah no uh it's it's definitely uh something that we're going to have to see uh, how this, how well this record does and stuff, if we're going to go into doing more and writing more, but uh, no, I, I can't agree with that. Um, if you listen to my old stuff, um, you know, it, it's not going to sound exactly like it. it's going to sound much different, but you'll see the, the elements there sometimes and you'll see bits and pieces um, that will remind you of stuff I'm doing now. And it's, it's because uh, I am still the same musician and I, I still, like a lot of the same stuff and I, I, I you know I'm, I'm trying to create stuff in that vein still but I'm just better at it or more knowledgeable or, or uh, you know gotten better at playing however you want to put it you know but mm. it, it's definitely apparent you know you could see you could see those punk influences in in my first band Lodi Cog and you could see mm. uh, even some of it in in bands i'm currently doing you know I'm, I'm constantly writing and coming up with stuff and it, it who knows what band it's going to wind up going to you know <laughs> yeah, you, you mentioned that a couple of times now i didn't i didn't realize that you were in so many other bands so you obviously you've got go ahead and die but can you tell me about some of the other bands that you're in that have releases out there that people can tune into yeah um i mentioned before i was in a band called lodi kong we were active uh for about six or seven years um but we actually in 2018 we went on hiatus because uh that was with my brother zion who plays drums with soulfly so it's one of those things uh, he was a little too busy with them so i started doing my own thing um but now i have a stoner sludge band called healing magic and that is kind of uh kind of like my baby band you could say um you know that that's kind of that, that's what you could say is my main band um and it's in a totally different vein from go ahead and die it's much slower uh, groovier, ambient, um, taking influences from bands like Neurosis and, uh, nice. you know, stuff like that, you know, it's a totally, totally different, different category and style of music. Um, but yeah, we actually have uh, one EP that's currently available to stream and to look up online. And uh, we have a full length album coming out later this year. So uh, once Go Ahead and Die stuff starts to wrap up, I'm actually going to start moving right into uh, releasing that album, promoting that album, doing interviews on it, stuff like that. Nice. Okay. Um, so those are the two bands I'm in now, um, or Go Ahead and Die and Healing Magic. Um, so yeah, just, you know, check us out. Let us know what you think. <laughs> is that is that going to be with Nuclear Blast as well? Uh, we're actually with Healing Magic. We're currently on Blood Blast, which is a digital distribution of nuclear. Sure, um, yeah. So technically... You know, I think they're keeping an eye on us. And if we're lucky, maybe we'll uh, get the bump up to nuclear. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I've spoken to your dad uh, for, I think I've spoken to your father half a dozen times now. And unbelievably, I remember meeting him in uh, the Roosevelt in year 2000 in Los Angeles. And oh, wow. <laughs> you would have been a mere, mere kid back then. And I remember yeah. seeing your entire family and your father was just so... He was so gracious, I've got to say, and I've spoken to him about this. You know, it's always, it's one thing to do the interviews. It's another thing to meet fans in the moment, so to speak. And, and I remember I had to go and get a pen. And this, this woman at this, re, re, like, registration, you know, the reception, sorry, 
She yeah. was a bitch. She was a bitch. She didn't want to give me the pen and stuff. And your father had to wait there for about five minutes or so, talking to my brother, who would not be able to tell you a metal band outside of potentially Metallica. Just is not. He's a, he's a lawyer. Yeah. You know, he's a he's a total you know non-metal person. But your father was so gracious and spoke to him, spoke to my brother for five minutes and waited for me to get a pen. Now I imagine you've seen you've seen that that moment that I've just described there happen again and again and again. Growing up with someone like your father, though, who once described to me that working with Zion was like training Khabib in the UFC because, he's, <laughs> you know, like with the drumming side of things, he was saying that, you know, Khabib grew up um, with a father that was making him wrestle bears, that sort of thing. With your father, apart from being such a, a lovely human being and meeting fans and this sort of stuff, was he a disciplinarian around the music, though? Because, I mean, both your Zion and yourself, you've got it in your DNA, but you've also got the discipline here to create killer stuff like what you're doing here with Go Ahead and Die. So was, was that the experience? Was he a bit of a disciplinarian around the music as well? Uh, not at all, actually. And I suppose that's just the chemistry of families. Um, mm -hmm. No, our, our, our writing process was actually very, very free and fluid. And I felt like we were teaching each other um, that was also the intention with it. You know, his, his relationship with Zion might be different because that's Soulfly. Soulfly mm. is my father's band. As much as, as Zion brings an influence or, or Mark Rizzo, you know, changes songs with his solos and stuff like that, you know, that's Max's band. And so he keeps his band members doing what he would like of them, you know, whereas Go Ahead and Die was, was our band. You know, it was a collective thing. It, it was, it was like that. So no, he actually, he wasn't, he wasn't like that with me. Um, you know, and that, that, that might be, like I said, just family chemistry. You know, my brother might be like, oh, Igor always gets to have the fun and do the, and I got to learn the Soulfly songs, you know, like, um, you know, that it might, it might be just one of those chemistry things. Uh, Cause yeah, he was actually very, uh, very fluid with me and, and was very open to my ideas and, and letting me have, some uh creative freedom and, and creative control and stuff like that um mm. so you know i imagine he approaches each record differently though so who knows if that uh answer would be the same a couple of years from now <laughs> uh, yeah yeah what, what sort of what sort of music are you listening to what music do you draw inspiration from these days i listen to tons of stuff uh but lately i've honestly uh not so much been in the metal scene so much. I've actually been listening to like a lot of goth and dark wave and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but one thing I will say is that anything I listen to makes its way into my music. If I'm listening to gothic stuff, like it'll find a way into one of my riffs. Um, you know, I like a lot of rock and roll, um, retro style stuff. Uh, you know, that finds its way into my music. Um, and then other than that, I'm, I'm just kind of always looking for new looking for new metal bands looking for new punk bands and stuff like that uh my dad actually sends me suggestions because he's like a he's just like a band camp freak you know he's like sitting there all day looking for underground bands and uh stuff like that so he sends me lots of suggestions and we kind of send stuff back and forth um but yeah i don't it's kind of hard to answer i honestly <laughs> I, I listen to i listen to a little bit of everything and i keep a really really wide array of uh of stuff in my repertoire so um you know everything from dark wave to uh sludge metal to honestly i've been listening to a little bit of new metal lately 
I won't even beat around the bush. I, I think some of it's good. I, I don't think it deserves as much hate, you know? Um, you know, I, obviously there, there's bad bands of every genre and that's kind of my opinion. Just, you know, just like there's good bands of every genre. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I listen to, listen to everything and I'm always open to suggestions too. <laughs> yeah. New metal. That's interesting. I'm in my mid forties, so I remember it well. I remember it very well, but uh, I, I, to be honest, I still can't go there. I still have trouble with it. Some of the corn stuff I, I can deal with a little bit, but uh, which bands have you been listening to in that genre? Uh, honestly, like some, some early corn is definitely yeah, what I was digging good. and a uh, little bit of taproot and a little bit of like boy hits car and like more melodic stuff like that. Honestly, uh, I don't know, man. I, I listen, like I said, I, uh, <laughs> I, I used to, you know, when I was younger, I was, a, you know, as a teenager, I was a little more of an angsty, like, thrasher kid where I was like, that shit's all whack. I hate it, this and that. But as I've gotten older, I'm kind of like, hey, you know, uh, it's it's being a poser to, to hide something that you like. So if I like this corn song, I'm not going to hide it from anyone, you know, just like uh, I like some pop punk stuff. I like, like, AFI and, and bands like that a lot, too. You know, that for me, when I was a kid, that was the stuff that was uh popular you know so i'm you know i don't need to hide that from anyone what are you gonna do judge me like you know i could care less <laughs> was was it a foregone conclusion for yourself from when you were a young kid and we sort of touched on this already that you were going to be a musician or did you have designs on say becoming an engineer or something else i wanted to be a marine biologist when i was a kid to be quite honest i wanted uh live by the ocean, study things that lived in the ocean and do stuff like that. Um, as I got older, obviously that just changed. I picked up a guitar for the first time and fell in love with it. Um, but I'll say at a young age, I knew I wanted to be a, a musician. By the time I was 12 or so, I, uh, I definitely wanted to, to rock out on stage and, and, and do that, you know, make it doing that if I could. <laughs> Well, you're, you're definitely doing it, mate. Um, I better leave it there because no doubt you've got another interview coming through in two minutes' time. But uh, <laughs> look, I, I think you're doing a bloody good job here with uh, Go Ahead and Die. And, and I'm glad it sounds like people are focusing on the right things here for you because I, I do hope you have another album come out with this here because I, I, I said this to so many people who create what I broadly call extreme metal, which I lump you guys in with as well. And that's a good thing. But it is important to a lot of people that people like you keep on creating music because it's important to our lives, you know, mate. Oh, and no, oh, thank you. That's the best compliment I could receive, man. Seriously. No, that's good, <laughs> mate. Yeah, well, it is important. I think that you know that that you you creators out there have, who have the ability to put together an album, and then a good album, mind you, with decent riffs, solid drumming, great vocals, great lyrical content, that sort of thing, man. During the pandemic, people are locked up. This is this is like manna from heaven for a lot of people, mate. So I, ju I just hope you, you keep on doing what it is that you're doing, mate. So so good luck, God bless, and 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 I'm sure, I'm hopefully, fingers crossed, we see you down here fairly soon as well. No, definitely, and likewise, man. We I would love to come down there and play. I'd love to bring this around the world, and I will definitely keep making music. And uh, no, thank you. That was some really kind words right there. I actually really appreciate it. You know, uh, the fact that anyone wants to talk to me without just instantly reverting to this kid's some shithead because his dad's a rock star, you know, like it's, it's really nice to actually have a human to human conversation. So thanks so much for having me. And uh, uh, likewise, I hope we can make it down there. Definitely. For sure. mate. We'll try and have a beer, mate. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I would love to. Thank you. Have a good day, man. All right. No worries, brother. All the best. <laughs> yeah, take care. Gotcha.
You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject was Igor Amadeus Cavalera from the outfit Go Ahead and Die. Thanks for tuning in.